Hi, if you're keen to follow our podcasts on our website or view our webinars or learn more about our other services and products we are offering, please head off to semitonasonline.com.co for more information. show deals with online matters about music, education, business, or just for everyday living. Today I ask the question, does online delivery really matter? Does it make a difference to how we teach and learn, run our businesses, or how we live our daily lives? And if so, why? Later in the show, and amidst the surging COVID-19 pandemic, I talked to Chris Woodward, Associate Principal at Green Bay High School in New Zealand, on his planned study spaces project recently started to help final year students at his school prepare and cope with the upcoming external exams. But first, my monologue. The year 2020 will probably be remembered for the deadly worldwide COVID-19 pandemic and with its equally severe consequences on economies, education, government, the arts, to name a few. COVID had such an astronomical impact on our social routines that how we interact with others, the way we work, learn, teach, and how and with who we trade, or even doing common daily activities, suddenly have changed dramatically. With government enforceable rules, laws, and regulations suddenly becoming the new normal in our lives, the basic rule of humans as inherently social beings is under the spotlight. As we try to learn, pivot and try to conquer this new silent enemy, the one takeaway from COVID-19 pandemic and its ensuing disruptive nature is that we can overcome anything in life if we work positively together. Island nations such as New Zealand, Papua New Guinea, Seychelles, Holy See, Fiji, the Democratic Republic of Timor-Leste, and the African state of Eritrea count under the elite few who claim to have contained the virus effectively. These countries adopted the strategy to go hard and go early and subsequently prevented many deaths and in their efforts to flatten the infection curve. During the lockdown and ensuing period, we saw a massive surge in the demand for internet usage and as billions of people across the globe started working, teaching, learning, trading and socialising online. In a few weeks, the world pivoted from natural reality to a digital reality. Video conference industry platforms such as Zoom, TeamMeet, to name a few, are presently booming and have become household additions to our everyday vocabulary. Technology is presently navigating our journey through the COVID maze and keeping up with the often too generous outpouring of apps, software, devices and technological gadgets seems both exciting and daunting. I suppose anyone listening to this podcast and has not heard or tried Zoom must be either from another planet or not born yet. 
It is estimated that Zoom has grown from 10 million users to over 300 million users over the span of weeks during COVID-19 lockdowns across the world. So why do we have to pivot to online delivery systems for our teaching, learning, businesses, work, communication, socializing needs? Firstly, for my earlier monologue, our survival and evolution depend on finding, exploring and developing new ways of interacting and transacting in this world. Companies and organizations who proactively involved or embrace the go hard, go early business strategy naturally evolved from only brick and mortar delivery sales to online sales and as part of the evolving brand marketing strategies. And such entities obviously had the edge at the time when COVID hit the world. Online delivery pre-COVID proved to have been a sustainable investment and effective alternative to face-to-face -face delivery, although still in its developmental stage. Most food chain supermarkets had a well-oiled online shopping system in place long before COVID hit and could deliver the essential food supplies we all needed to get through lockdown. Business companies whose brand strategy embraced online delivery as part of their vision and mission statements long before the COVID pandemic proved to have been the least affected by lockdown measures. In fact, such companies had grown exponentially in comparison with companies who had no online strategy pre-COVID in place. Secondly, because of the current COVID-19 pandemic situation and which the world has locked clearance with, governments across the world required businesses, schools, churches and organisations to make online delivery systems mandatory. Presently, this is deemed essential in order for us to survive culturally, economically and as a species. The alternative is too frightening to contemplate. Automation through connectivity is the aim of the internet revolution and working, socializing, learning and training over the internet are some of the many benefits created through the internet. The main purpose of the internet is offering effective information sharing and communication globally using computers according to references.com. The internet was originally designed so that researchers could connect and share their research data using a common platform. Well, this idea has been challenged and the internet is currently used for a wide range of functions including socialization, learning, teaching, trading, etc. Fourthly, being prepared to answer and deal with a what-if question and as part of project management or as a business strategy makes a lot of sense in preparing for the unknown. What if New Zealand is hit by a severe natural occurrence? How would we be able to respond and keep services, teaching or our businesses going? When I created my online music platform Semitonus Online and which started off as a hobby and experiment with online teaching, 
I was motivated by the what-if question in teaching. Going early and going hard at online teaching almost three years ago put my students and myself in a favorable position to deal with COVID and we could maintain a 100% attendance rate throughout lockdown. Having a workable plan of action in place to deal with adversity is essential for any family, organization, business, church, school, or entity. This we all do and know. However, such a contingency plan should not only be drafted on paper, collecting dust on some remote shelf, or talk about in endless meetings, but this plan needs to be practiced and made part of actionable vision. Integrate into mission statements, objectives, values, and ensured daily delivery. The key words here are fluency through adaptability. Practicing online delivery as part of everyday services or product delivery is key, just as a musician needs to practice and define her craft. So businesses and schools need to practice adaptability strategies for the sake of creating fluency. Thus, our staff, customers, students, members, all need to become fluent users of online technology and this requires constant practice, adaptation, upgrading to new technologies, implementing automation apps, SAAS usage, etc. Just as a musician does, the more we practice our contingency plans or what-if plans, the more adaptable and fluent users we become and the more proactive we respond to crisis as creative human beings. As promised, I will now speak with Chris Woodward, Associate Principal at Green Bay High School on his planned study space he recently embarked on. Hi Chris, you started the study space initiative at Green Bay High School. Could you explain more about your created program, where the study space idea came from, what the purpose is, who will be involved, how you plan to launch the program, and how this project will actually benefit students, for example, improve their grades, well-being at your school? Yep, no worries at all. So one of the key things with the study space is that it is a space for studying, which sounds blindingly obvious, but we have a very large library. We have two weeks where the school isn't um, on timetable, and we have 750 students who are studying towards their NCEA qualifications at level one, two, or three. And so the first um, reason for having the study space is so that we can provide a space for students to study, stunningly obvious. Yes. Now, in the current situation with the COVID lockdowns, one of the things that we found is that there are, across Auckland and New Zealand, there are large numbers of students who live in families and live in households that have obviously a lot of intent with regard to their children's learning, but the facilities might not be 
as conducive to study as perhaps they would be in certain other households. So in some spaces there will be children who have their own bedrooms, they have access to a variety of written texts in the bookshelves at home, they have um, very, very good internet, etc. And obviously in some cases there are students who live in households where there is every intent from the family, from the students to, to study, but because they live in very, very busy households with perhaps um, multiple generations, or they live in households that have um, multiple siblings who are, who are younger, or they live in households who don't have access to books or don't have access to the internet or, or fast internet, um, we provided this space so that um, students in those situations can come in and get some help. Now, we also recognise that obviously the students have been away from school. Now, although we think we have set up a very, very good um, online process for teaching the students, what we also recognise, um, and perhaps that's a degree of um, self-interest, that one-on-one -on -one or personal interactions with teachers are tremendously important. And so what we realised is that we have access to some very, very good teaching staff who are in our relief teaching pool who have the capacity to be able to talk through the assessments that the students are doing, either their internal assessments or preparation for their externals. And through their experience, they will be able to help the students. And so what we, we, re we realised that we could do, and one of the things that students missed out on during the lockdown period, was yes, they could um, access material online, but being able to ask um, right here, right now questions of staff that had subject expertise was an area that they were missing. So obviously in class you put your hand up if you get stuck and the teacher will come across and, and have a chat with you. And then if you don't immediately understand that which they have said, you can ask for clarification. Now obviously that can happen over the internet but it's a little bit more clunky. And so we thought well as there has been that gap for these students, what we could provide is a set of teachers through our relief teaching staff, a set of experts, and a set of people who have experience teaching teenagers. And then we also have a bunch of teenagers who may well need that help. And so that combination meant that we could put together a space, we could put together some students who were in need of some support, we could put together um, some facilities, we could put together some teaching experts and all of that was I suppose the the combination that led to the study space being put in place. So, so, in, so in a way very interactive. Absolutely, absolutely and the way in which we um, accessed or the way in which we communicated that obviously again using a variety of tools so we, we had the um, the teaching staff talking with their with their students in class. We had the pastoral staff doing that too. Um, we put information out through Google Classroom, so each of the year levels has its own Google Classroom, and so therefore um, we could um, push stuff out through that. We had the assemblies, we had um, Facebook, um, we had the newsletter. So I suppose one of the things that we we did do is we used the internet capacity that we've got or the digital capacity that we've got to um, promote a a personal human capacity that we we were offering, and so it hopefully um, got across to all 750 of our students that this is something that's available, and it's in addition to the department-led stuff that's going on elsewhere. So 
Um, yesterday, for example, um, there was some work in physics, there was some work in media studies. Um, today, there's been some work in biology and chemistry um, and maths. And those are things that are department-led. So I suppose the teacher's looking at what is it that the students might need. Fair enough, very, very straightforward stuff, a very important revision. But also the study space is an opportunity for the students to come in and they work on what, what they need to do and then they can ask questions as those questions arise as opposed to it being teacher-led and this is the stuff that you need. Okay, So a variety of different ways in which we'll try to address the same sort of problem. Considering the world is in the middle of the COVID pandemic, Chris, how do you see the future of the study space program you created? Could such a program in future perhaps become available online or remotely to also benefit other schools and less privileged students in your area, maybe in the whole of New Zealand, or even later be extended and become available to other parts of the world? Well, I think that the, the main thing with the study space is that we are building it as we as we go, um, and that's that's important to recognise. I think that the flexibility that everybody has learnt um, through the COVID um, situation means that this is an evolving global situation. It's an evolving national situation. You know, sort of things move exceptionally quickly, and so we want what we want to be able to do is to. Um, allow ourselves to use the facilities that we've got, whether they be practical um, facilities or, or sort of, you know, buildings, etc., whether they're human uh, facilities, you know, looking at the human resources that we've got, or indeed the digital space that we've got. So all of them need to fit together. And one of the things with the um, study space is that it should be something, and we believe, it should be something that we can involve and we can develop and we can adapt. So one of the things that we'll be doing after the first week is talking with the relief staff and talking with the students and getting an idea about what's worked and what hasn't. You know, sort of what could we do to enhance it and what could we sort of you know, jettison. I'm not sure what we could jettison, but uh, I certainly recognise there are some things that we could enhance. And it might be that um, there is a, a, a space for... Um, creation of something similar to this but which builds on what we've already started and one of the things I think is important is to not make assumptions as to what it is that people need you need to ask them now one of the things that they have said that they needed is a space that is quiet um, that is well appointed that has human um, interaction for students to be able to push their own um, revision and their own learning a little bit further. Now, there may be other things that now the students have been in, they realise that it would be better if we had X or we had Y. Um, one of the things that we do have, obviously, is, is weekends. Um, we have time after school. And those are obviously, again, two spaces where, in the normal run of things, um, we don't have a school building that's being used. It's there. It is um, highly... Um, desirable in terms of its facility you know, sort of, you know, what does it provide? It provides safety, it, it provides assurance, it provides that you know, concrete um, rock on which you know, people can sort of, you know, have confidence but then also so does the internet and so although I recognise that there may well be a space for 
using the internet for various things. And I think we've all seen that through using Zoom, you know, sort of Zoom um, or, or Google um, Hangouts or whatever um, particular platform people have used has been very, very good and has allowed people to have, um, I think, a lot flatter um, sense of um, interaction. So, so one of the things I realised is that sort of if you are in a classroom or if you are on at a, at a board table or what have you, where you sit does have an impact on how much um, people pay attention to you. you know, so if you are standing at the front in the classroom, if you are sitting at the head of the table, those sorts of places are places where people gravitate to. But if on a Zoom call, um, you have a, a, a flat screen with you know, X number of little um, tiles of people's faces on the screen, and everybody is at the same level. And so therefore, you can ask questions of everybody, and you can see everybody's reaction exceptionally easily and exceptionally quickly. And so it's very, very useful and very, very handy. But it also lacks, to a large extent, even though so, you know, we have things like breakout rooms or what have you, whatever else in Zoom, um, it lacks that... Um, that interaction, that human interaction, slightly off topic, which sometimes draws in or creates or or um, brings up incredibly useful directions of conversation. So when we are in a classroom, um, there may well be a question that is, is not anticipated by a teacher, and that takes the lesson in a really rich and, and valuable direction. If you're in a meeting, there may well be something that somebody brings up that hadn't been foreseen. Now, it's not to say you can't do those things over Zoom, but I think those things are much more easily um, introduced because when you're on Zoom or when you're on a digital platform, you have to sort of, um, I suppose, promote yourself. You have to sort of you know, put your hand up, you have to sort of you know, click the button and say, yes, I want to unmute myself. Whereas if you have an aside, that can be picked up in a um, in a, a in a human, if you like, um, setting, and then you can run with that if it's a, if it's a really valid thing to look at. And so this is that opportunity of having the space that we've got and using that space, using those as I said earlier on, using those human resources. It's not to say it can't be. Um, developed into a digital program. It can't be developed into a um, platform that can be used outside of school, or you know, from school and then elsewhere. Um, it just means we have to be quite nimble with being aware of what those digital opportunities are. Because, you know, so certainly for myself, I, I knew what Zoom was um, in February, but I certainly wasn't in any way near um, adept at using it. Now, I feel as though I'm much more aware. And so what we do in 2021, or indeed what we do in December of 2020, may well be slightly different to what we've done so far. But it will depend on what it is we feel the students um, need. Um, and that need will come through analysis by staff, but also through um, listening to what the students actually ask us. As usual... If you have any comments or suggestions for this program, please contact Mario Carolus at podcast at the drmarioshow.com or follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Until next week, kia kite a tera wiki.